What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey, Pete, tell me up so. Gotta get your bread right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouches. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an account it. I study millionaires cause I was born a visionary. You still believe in limitations? Are you niggas scared? You can't distract me from the paper I've been Taste of greatness. I'm stacking now and balling later in the conversation. We strategizing, monetizing, piling up investments and sacrificing temporary shit for bigger blessings. Yeah, a tapped in boss mind state. I multiply my grind rate, that match the way I vibrate. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No Deanna speak that. That shit that everybody vouching Ain't no more excuses valid Get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need an accountant Today's episode is sponsored by B. Jones B. is a successful businessman And serial entrepreneur from Memphis, Tennessee After being inspired To break into the real estate industry While working as a security guard B has been able to completely change his life and many of the lives around him through his various business ventures, one of those being a 200K club. B really takes great pride in helping others. And if you're in need of advice, whether it be business or real estate related, you can contact B at thebjones.com. In other great news, we released the official Millionaire Mindsets merchandise. Go to mmindsetspod.com to check our exclusive new collection of hoodies, t-shirts, and sweatshirts before they sell out. We'll be releasing new merchandise regularly, so be sure to sign up for our email list to get notified when the new releases drop. And make sure you tag us on social media at Pod to get featured on our pages. Thank you for your support, and we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. This episode is sponsored by Park Hill Capital Ventures. Park Hill Capital is a multi-purpose investment firm specializing in real estate, founded by Deanna Kent and Xavier Miller. We offer several different services to educate and mentor you on how to successfully invest in real estate, no matter what your experience level is. Additionally, if you're looking for your next investment property, we can also help with that. Our team has access to deals all across the country, and we connect you with your next deal in no time. And if you have a property that you would like to sell regardless of the situation, we can work with you to get your property sold ASAP. To learn more about our services or to get started, go to www.parkhillcapitalventures.com. What's up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. My name is Deanna Kent. I'm sitting here with my co-host, Xavier Miller. What's up? What's up? And today we have a very dope guest joining us on today's episode. He is an entrepreneur, the CEO of Above Ground Property Management, the co-founder of Market View Consultant, and the founder of Loot Grow. Mm-hmm. A great asset to Park Hill Capital as well. Yeah, right. <laughs> we that keep That's a solid dude. But just, just getting, just getting right into it. Just for the people that don't know, just give them a little background on yourself. How you got started on doing all the stuff you're doing. 
fires, first of all. What up, though? Like the tornado. Yeah, first of all, what up, though? But um, how I got started is mainly is I started – well, firstly, I started in the stock market. I started in the stock market around 2012, 2013, and it just fell into my – the stock market just fell into my lap, ironically. Like, one day I was researching – and searching for the like the top five books, and every book that I ran across, it it had um, the intelligent investor on there. Yeah. And then I started doing my due diligence on the intelligent investor, and I seen that that was highly recommended by Warren Buffett. Mm-hmm. And not knowing the stock market, that's the only guy that that you go damn near pinpoint to say he's a stock market investor. Right. He has got rich off the stock market. So I was like. I was just like, fuck it, I'm going to buy it and see. So I bought the book, and then I start. I didn't know what the fuck the book is included, because that book is it's not keen to a beginner's eyes from the, from the stock market, honestly. So you have to, you have to like, uh, make sure you do your research, make sure you learn everything, and just apply that each and every day. And I did that for a year straight. So I did that for like six months, learning that book. <clears throat> After six months, I started doing paper trading. Uh, I'll break down what paper trading is for the people. So, so paper trading is just trading with a fake amount. And I don't know how many platforms allow you to paper trade, but I know that TD Ameritrade does have a, a dope thinkorswim platform that you can paper trade on that allows you to trade with a fake two hundred thousand dollars. So therefore, the things that I was learning in the book, in the books that I've read, I was implementing on that platform, and I was able to play with it and see um, exactly the pa- the platform and how to learn the tools and all of that type of stuff on the platform without actually losing my money. So therefore, I was able when I came up with a good strategy after those six months, uh, I put in like two grand, and then I started stock market trading. And stock market trading led me to doing some doing somewhat of angel investing, and angel investing led me into real estate investing and all my particular adventures in, in, in real estate. Wow, see, what's crazy? That's that's dope, bro. But what's crazy is you said you was you was pretty much researching for for six months. So you you was researching six months before you even made your first investment. Yep. Yep. Yeah, but I was, I was, um, I was, I was, play, I was playing with the fake, I was playing with the fake money before I played with my real money. <laughs> <laughs> Which is genius. Yeah, yeah. And, and just yep. the, the fake money's more just for people that's hearing this. They probably like, what the fuck is he talking about? Playing with fake, like playing with fake money to make real money. Do you mind just explaining that more so people can understand? Well, like I said, um, paper trading is just simulated, simulated trading. So once you sign on and log in and create your account. There's a fake, once again, a fake, $200,000. So you could implement or do any strategy on TD Ameritrade's platform um, with the, with that whole $200,000. And you could learn your gains, your right. losses, and all that type of stuff doing that, doing that and playing with that platform. Basically getting your strategies up. Yeah, basically building your strategy, learning your strategy, learning what to get familiar with. Seeing if your strategy actually works, so you can know when to pinpoint and what to look at and stuff like that. Wow, that's 
So um, during the course of like this six months a year, you just studying and trying to learn, what were some of the biggest lessons you would say you learned about stocks in general and some of the biggest obstacles you faced, like trying to learn? Um, I would say probably, probably being patient and not so, and not so antsy with it, not so, oh, I need money right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I need money within a week. Like I, I took my, I took extreme time in the beginning, learning and implementing the strategy, rather than trying to figure out how to how to make money immediately. I wasn't focused on how to make money immediately, and that's because I had the luxury, because I was working with, I was working for my, I was working for my brother. My brother had had a, a transportation company at the moment. So I was doing that. I was basically overseeing operations from it, from his company. So I was doing that throughout the day, but I was also stock market trading and playing with it. So I had the luxury of of funding my business through. I mean, of funding my uh, my stock market account through the through his business. What I what I think uh, is dope about that strategy you did, because most people when they they'll ask like, how can I get involved with stock investing, but they like. They try to get into it immediately, really without having no information. And like the way you did it, you you just went in like learning the information. Right, that's probably a, a better strategy because when you do start, you know what the fuck you're doing, as opposed to you might not know what you're doing and be losing money and X Y Z. But the thing with that is, you gotta have patience. As 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 you gotta have patience to make the money, you gotta have the patience and be willing to learn before you go all in too. And that's something that most people yep. don't got. You'll be have to have patience. Uh, learning is good. I mean, you could, you can jump in, but that's not something that I would suggest you do. Oh. I would suggest you you actually learn because that way you can you can um, you can actually trade without fucking yourself. Right. If you don't if you don't learn, you you know. Because I didn't out of I didn't I've learned um, every as far as everything, but I still made my errors. Right. in the beginning of trading. So you don't want to just jump out there and just, and just do it and don't learn the strategy unless you're, unless you're buying a hold it. Even still then you want to know at least a little something. And something I want to ask you is you mentioned the intelligent investor being like one of the main resources for you learning how to get into stocks and investing, but were there any other books you could share with the people listening or resources that you use to help kind of build your knowledge from a beginner to um, someone who actually knows what they're doing? Um, I will highly suggest the intelligent investor. Like I said, um, there's an options book. I don't remember the name, but I know that they are twin brothers. So if you search, if you probably Google search twin brothers, option books, uh, it'll probably more than likely pop up. Um, I will highly suggest Investopedia as well. That's the way that, that's the ironically that's the way that me and Josh both have learned how we both first started learning the stock market investopedia. You could research and research keywords and everything on investopedia. So I'll suggest those three things. Yeah, investopedia. That's one of my uh, favorite websites. It was when you not just finance, just period, because it's so much game on uh, investopedia. If you really on there, I used to be on that shit all day when I was in the military. But yo, when you your first investment in the uh, market, what, what what was that? 
Um, I, I don't even remember what my first – I know it was a buy and hold, but I don't remember which exactly stock it was. I want to say it was probably one of the big three companies. I want to say that. Probably. But I don't I – don't, I don't even remember what my first investment was. It was probably one of the, more than likely it was one of the big three companies though, but it was a buy and hold because I initially I started off buying and holding. Like I wanted to have a certain amount of, of, of stocks and companies before I started actually implementing and doing the option strategies that, that I was learning as well. Right. That makes sense. That way I could somewhat balance my, balance the portfolio. Yep. I mean, that, that makes sense. And we, as we know, options trading right now, it's kind of uh, people, you hear about it a lot, but for people that's looking to get into stock investing, what do you think is the better way to like initially get involved, buying and holding or going there straight to uh, doing options trading? It, it depends. It, it depends on your knowledge. If okay. you don't have knowledge to do options, don't do not do that shit. Period. <laughs> so if if you don't have the knowledge on, on options, just buy and hold until you know until you know options. Until you have an option strategy, you at least know it. Have a strategy. Have certain indicators because you need with options. You need fundamental and technical analysis. At first, when I first started trading options originally, I just had fundamental analysis. Just meaning fundamental analysis. I just that just means basically. I knew where the company was heading by looking at their balance sheet, their income statement, their cash flow. Um, you can look at all that type of stuff on finance, yahoo.com. Um, and looking at the 52 week low, 52 week high, looking right. at that type of stuff. That's how I pretty much gauged it from the beginning. But now I've implemented a, the, uh, the technical, the te- te- technical analysis side of it, excuse me. More detail, pretty much. Yeah, more more detail, so I can exactly know and when to pinpoint when exactly to invest, mm. and when, when to buy and when to sell. Yeah. And I, and I know people just hearing this, they're gonna be thinking like, okay, how did how do you figure that out? Like, what's some good signs? Because that's a question people always used to ask me that shit. Like, how you know when to buy? How you know when to, to sell? And I all like I always been with the stock market long term. Like I never uh, did options before, so I just be telling them like, yo, I hold long term i'm not even thinking about selling but for you like being somebody that's into options what's one of the signs that you could give away where you know like all right it's time to sell or back out or something um i don't, i could give away two i could give away two indicators so one is called a fibonacci retracement and that's an indicator what you say um, what? i have a fibonacci retracement <laughs> and the second, and the second one is called an RSI. More than likely, everybody has heard of the, of the RSI. Wow. That indicates that indicates pretty much just at seventy and thirty. So that indicates pretty much the the movement, the movement and the volatility of the stock. And so does the Fibonacci retracement, basically. Wow. And you can go to YouTube, go to YouTube, type in Fibonacci retracement. And learn that because I have a hard time explaining exactly what that is because right, right. it's it's so intricate. And RSI, you can research that on YouTube as well, and they'll break it they'll break it down to you as as well as on the Investopedia they'll break it down to you. They have videos and all that type of stuff for you to move forward with. Okay. Those are two indicators that you use that you can determine uh, where to buy, or you have a good sense of where to buy 
as far as the option strategies. Kind of going back into the long-term holding side of it and just looking, like, can you kind of give us um, how you look for stocks to invest in? Because, you know, some people say, like, oh, just follow, like, what the big investors are doing, like Warren Buffett, and just copy their strategies and all that. Like, what's your preferred method to go about it? And what advice can you give to people looking at trying to figure out which stocks to actually invest in? Um, I would say follow the big investors like hedge funds, um, certain hedge funds and uh, Warren Buffett. But implement your own stuff in there because Warren Buffett and certain hedge funds, they 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 their portfolio are are already established and already pretty much damn near good, so they shit is basically boring. It doesn't do nothing but collects in it, and he doesn't. It's not that much risk for him to invest in a new stock, you know, and stuff like that. So I would suggest how 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 I do it or how I would suggest is find a stock that you very that you very much like and research research look at the balance sheet look at the cash flow look at the income statement look at those look at those type of things and see if you want to and see if you want to buy it cuz cuz like I said for instance Warren Buffett can have apple um um apple craft he has a bunch of other stocks but he won't like invest in invest in a new up and coming company in, in, in China until it's down there to the level of where Apple is at. And and I would typically invest in that company because I like what they're doing and I like their momentum. So makes sense. And I don't like my stock being boring. <laughs> you know I'll take that boring bread. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the I'll take the boring bread, but I wanna spread I wanna spread my I wanna spread money through different sectors. Right, no, no, I think that makes sense. I don't I don't just want it from one sector. No facts. I definitely feel you. And, uh, just for the people, because I don't think we we went over this. For the people that don't know the difference between options trading and just stocks, regular stock investing. Okay, well, stock stock trading is you you own in a basically you own a percentage in the company uh, by by owning the shares. Um, and option trading is basically you you basically renting this you bring the stock and you predicting that it'll reach a certain reach a certain strike price by an ex by, by the expiration date. And it's typically a hundred contracts. So whatever the price is on the ask of an option, you gotta times that by a hundred and you get your total and you get the total amount. So would you say it's like pretty much for options in basic forms like you're betting you on like the gambling. Stock. Yeah, much. gambling on it. On this I don't want to say gambling because I don't like using that word, but yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, you can protect you like there's ways to protect your downfall. Like there's stop losses, like there's you could you can implement stop losses and price alerts, and you can also hedge your hedge your option trade. So there's a call option and there's a put option. So the call just means that you're basically betting that the stock goes up, and the put just means that you're betting that it goes down. So there's a way to, to hedge it. So you can basically say um, Apple stock is at 300. You can bet that it's at that it'll be at 315 by April, and then you can bet that it won't get to uh, 280 by April. So mm-hmm. so you see, you get the 
you get that you get that distance right there. You, you can hedge it that way, or you can, like I said, you can place a stop loss trade or a price alert. And a stop loss, um, you can protect your downside, so you can make it you can make it so that you only lose uh, whatever you're comfortable with, thirty to fifty to sixty percent, instead of the whole hundred percent of your money. So when you place a stop loss trade and it hits that whatever you put it at fifty to thirty, I mean thirty to fifty percent, it automatically exits exits the uh, exit the trade that executes the trade for you. And a price alert basically does the same thing, but it doesn't exit the stock. It just alerts you or notifies you via phone or via your email, whatever you set it up as. Um, or if you're on a platform, it'll alert you while you're on there that the price is moving down below what you the price that you had it at, and therefore you can exit your trade on your own. And you can you can also do this for like uh, daily, right? Because I know some people do options yep. daily. Okay. Yep, you can do this on daily trade. Yep. Uh, so and that, is that because how I see it? Because you know a lot of people with like low 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 income or low savings, they be like, man, I need to do something where I could make some money, and they'll be like, want to get involved in real estate. Well, they'll ask about stock investing. I'm like, yo, if you're trying to make quick money, I don't think stock investing long-term is the best strategy. I'm like, you could try options because I know you could definitely make quicker money that way. What you think about that? Do you think that's a smart way for somebody that's trying to make quick money to just do options opposed to any other uh, investment vehicles? Uh, option trading is way, is, is way more faster than buying and holding. Yeah. Is way like there, there. There's no way that it's even. There's no comparison, honestly, because you have to with with buying and holding. You have to have capital to make an, to make enough money, right? To that's even possible. to even see a profit or see a dividend from it. So it's either or. Either you're gonna see a profit, or you're gonna see a dividend, or you might see both. You might see a profit and you might see a dividend. But with options, there's no dividends. You you only receive a profit. For a loss, and like I said, with the stop loss and with the price alert, you could pre- you could prevent losing all your damn money. Hmm. See, and, 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 that's and, and actually, to... that now you go, you go, you go. No, I was just saying, that, and you could uh, and you could exit that trade that you're that you put in, so you don't have to lose a hundred percent of your money. Hmm. See, that's that's major right there, man. Because like I said, I talk to people all the time, and they might not have much money. But they were like, hey, I want to get involved in the stock market, man. What's the, I want to buy this and that. And I'm like, bro, do you know how many shares? I'm like, if what people don't understand for real, and they, this might sound like uh like bad to some people, the stock market really not meant for people that don't got like, you're not rich. I ain't saying you got to be rich, but it's not meant for people that don't have no money. Like, you know, it's pretty much like you really not going to make no bread for real if you don't have no money. Investing long term is what I'm talking about. It's meant for people that got a little money saved up, that's willing to invest, willing to take risks, and where they can make some money because they could buy a nice amount of shares. If you can't buy with the stock market, it's really not about. I mean, quantity is just as important as quality with the stock market. Basically, is what I'm saying. Yeah, you gotta yep. buy a lot. And then with buying the holding, you damn near have to have fucking like two hundred to three hundred k just to make. A good amount of just to make a good amount of money, honestly. If the <laughs> if the stock don't skyrocket, facts, mm-hmm. facts, bro. Cause that's honestly, like, that's real. That's real. And something you kind if of you just oh, you, oh, go, ahead. go ahead. You sure? Yeah. All right. Something you mentioned earlier. You uh, you mentioned having a balanced portfolio. 
So can you dive into that for us a little bit more, like what it means to have a balanced portfolio and why is it important in the stock game? All right. Uh, it's important to have that balance because it's all over the place versus it just being, you can, you don't want to essentially like, like people say, you don't want to put your chips in one basket. You want to spread, you want to spread your shit, not all over the place, but across sectors that's appealing to you. Hmm. So you spread diverse, diverse stuff, diverse portfolio, preferably. That's what I did. Like I didn't want it in just in one, just in one or five to 10 stocks. I wanted my, I wanted my portfolio to look like um, hedge funds portfolio, to look like Warren Buffett's portfolio. Warren Buffett portfolio is not just in one sector, it's in multiple sectors, just like any other, just like any other portfolio. Right. See, that's interesting right there. And as far as, um, what was I about to ask you? I was that a question I was about to ask you, man. I got another question. Well, um, okay. a lot of apps, apps I like for beginners, but a lot of the bigger ones are Stash and Acorn and all of that. Do you recommend people like using, like, what are your opinions on those apps? And do you recommend people starting off like Stash and the Acorns and all that just to get a feel for investing in the stock market? Oh, uh, shit. I'm not really too keen on on stash and acorns honestly like i never used i never use it mm-hmm. if you're planning to honestly trade start paper trading learn like actually learn what the fuck you want to do moving forward those little bullshit um acorns and uh, stash <laughs> apps <laughs> like you have to just move forward just move forward because you're going to you're you're going to be trading on your own. I mean that's that that'll be a good first step for a beginner. But I would suggest before anything, like a beginner, like I said, paper trade. Like because when you paper trading, you're actually learning the platform. With with Acorns and Stash, sometimes apps and and desktop platforms are very different. So it's so some apps are are too damn are are like very intricate versus the platform is much simpler, simplistic for, for beginner's eyes for you to learn something for you to trade from and stuff like that. Because sometimes I, sometimes me myself and I'm experienced. I, sometimes I have a hard time, like exactly pinpointing certain stuff on charts and, and stuff like that on apps. When it comes to look and you're trading options, when you're trading options, I highly suggest you look at fucking charts. And with apps, it's not gonna it's not gonna work. Those indicators are not on. They might be on those apps, but I never use the indicator on on the app. You actually have to have the desktop model of of the version and use it on that platform for those indicators. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't suggest using that using that using those uh, stash and acorns app. I would suggest that for like something like like your kids, like something for your kids or something like that. If you want to leave some change for your kids or something like that to play with. And no, I would, yeah, I would suggest something for kids to, to learn with. That's a good start with kids. No, it, it is. I agree. And like when, when, like when me personally, I tell people to use Stash and Acorns as like super, they never did any investing and they, uh, they not, they not trying to do like trades or anything. They just trying to invest long term. And I'm like, just play around with that because it's super simple. It's it's like for kids, for real. It's like uh, investing for dummies, pretty much. 
Like that's what okay. it is. That's really what it is. Like it's super simple. Throw money in there. So I'd be like, if you ain't never invested a dime and you ain't trying to you trying to do some long term stuff, just play around with that till you understand that you move on to different platforms like the Ameritrades and all that the kind of shit. And all yeah, vanguards, all, all that kind of shit. So yeah, I I, I uh, definitely agree with you, bro. And I want to ask you, this is what I want to ask you. Uh, do you mind? Yo, yo, what's what's if you mind if you mind saying this? What's your favorite investment that you ever did? Uh, for art. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got a, I got a Ferrari hat to this day. I'm, 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 I'm gang, gang. <laughs> hey, I was expecting you to say that. Hell yeah, I love Ferrari to this day. Man. I had a, like I said, it's gang, gang. I had the joy in your voice when you said it, but yeah, I definitely was. I wasn't expecting you to say Ferrari. I ain't no Ferrari. Uh, Cause I ain't, I don't know if I ever really looked at Ferrari before, so I ain't know they uh did it was killing it like that. Yeah, that was like Ferrari. My investment in Ferrari was like uh, one of my first, one of my like my within my first twenty trades, I did that trade, and it's a it's a story behind that trade. That's why you hear the excitement in my voice <laughs> when I said Ferrari. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy, man. Like, man, I I really wanted to keep it to to the people that probably never heard of trading just to hear about this because you will hear stories of people making twenty thousand, thirty. This might sound like unbelievable. Some people hear this, but it's real. You there's some people that be making twenty thousand, thirty thousand a day just from trading, a hundred thousand in a week type stuff. And well, it wasn't in a day. No, no, I ain't talking about you. No, I'm just saying. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, not you. I'm talking about like people in general, like. You'll hear stories about like people and like uh I'm trying what's her name? I can't remember her name, but she, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was talking about on Instagram how she made hundred and fifty thousand dollars in a week while she was on vacation and trading. So I'm just saying like it's stuff like that that's that's possible if you yeah. understand it and you he's that shit. <laughs> that's, that's possible if you understand the game. Yeah, that's it's very it's very much possible. It's very much possible. Then then when I first played that trade, like like I said, I didn't have the technical analysis that I have now. I just have fundamental analysis, and I just that was an option trade. And I just, ironically, IPO. And when it IPO, I took a look at it. and I was just like, I wouldn't suggest this for nobody. Before I end up telling this story, I wouldn't suggest this to nobody. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, so I just was like, people are going to fucking buy for our shares. I just had that in my feeling. I'm like, people going to just buy this shit. So I placed a trade like you know, I think it was like six to eight months out. Uh, that it would be at, at like I think it IPO'd around seventy, and I placed the trade that it would be at ninety by August. I don't remember the expiration date. I just remember it a month. And by the before it was in before it was August, it was up like ninety nine or a hundred dollars mm. per share. And yeah. That's a W. That's a big W. Yeah, that was by far still to this day one my biggest trade in the stock market. But like I said, that took like down there six, six to eight months. But still, that's a, if you think about it, that's a short time period. Yeah. Still, yeah, that's a short time period. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And what about your favorite? If you got, if you got a favorite long term hold? Oh damn, favorite long term hold. Probably, 
probably Bart Birchard, Birchard and Birchard and Tesla. Probably Birchard and Tesla. Okay, yeah, Tesla. And that's because I like the I like those founders more more so than the stock. Mm. Okay, so and, uh, that's and let me a great question. And let me clear and let me clarify. This is not class A shares. This is a class B shares. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm glad you said it because I don't even think about this. If somebody had that, they'd be like, damn, you buying class A, especially if, shit, if it's just like Berkshire Hathaway or something like that. You know, class A, that shit like 200. Well, last time I seen it, it was like 220 racks. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. That's, yeah, that's. But I want to ask you, because uh, you, you spoke on, you pretty much believe in Tesla because of the founder. So do you think that's a good method on like measuring like, all right, I'm going to fuck with this company is just doing, understanding who's the, who's running it and knowing like what they about, what their vision is and all that stuff. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest it. Okay. I wouldn't suggest it. Yeah. Mm, and why, and why is like, that? Especially, especially if you don't own no equity. In. I mean, well, earning shares, owning shares is equity, but I'm talking about like, like a big, amount of equity and that's because it can be you could go you could you uh humans have thoughts that's why humans have thoughts like he can fuck he can fuck up the company founder can fuck up the company right. you know, and, and 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 shares would de- decrease by a significant amount and then and then you'll be looking like a dummy like oh i believed in this i believed in this founder more so than the actual stock i didn't look at the fundamental analysis of the stock I didn't look at the the back the, the back end of the company, the financials. I didn't look at none of that type of stuff. I just believed this founder, so I bought the stock. I wouldn't suggest that to nobody. Makes sense. Makes but sense. I believe I believe uh, Elon and everything that he's doing because Tesla is not just a fucking car company. It's more than a car company. Mm. So you said that to me. That's why I have that. Well, I'm yeah. deep, going as deep as that because you you said that before, and some people might not understand. Well, like, what you mean is more than the car company? Man, all the stuff that that Elon is doing with Tesla, like he's essential. He he is essentially like I don't want to overhype this man, but he is essentially like changing the world. Like it's like it's to this point, it's bigger than it's bigger than the car. It's bigger than the car stuff, honestly. Oh, that's deep, that's, that's deep right there. Mm-hmm. It's something I wanted to make sure we touched on before we move to the next section. But was market view consulting? Can you um give us um some more detail as to what that is and how it can benefit people? Okay, um, market views consulting. Um, uh, that's a company that me and Josh. Shout out to Josh. Uh, Josh D Lifestyle on Twitter. Um, sure. That's something that me and him create created to help to help others in the stock market to help particular beginners so so you guys could come over to us and we uh basically whichever whichever package that you guys select we uh, basically create a um a customized portfolio so you, so you guys to move forward with and so you could pretty much gauge and then not all, not only that we set up a consulting call so so <clears throat> They could come over to us, get a get a package, and then we'll walk you we'll walk you through everything as far as, especially if you're a beginner, we'll walk you through everything, how to place your first trade. Uh like like we like I just said, we had the customized customizable portfolios, stuff like that. So that's exactly what market views consulting is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Y
And and for people that's listening to this episode, definitely go to them if you want to get the stock investing. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, people hit me up all the time. And I'm like, yo, I'm not no expert. <laughs> I just know I know basic stuff, and I'm a long-term stuff. I, I'm willing to just invest long-term. But if you want to get into options, and even long-term, talk to them. Because when I need some stock uh, advice, I talk to you and Josh. So, <laughs> so definitely... If you listen to this, like I said, I'm gonna say it one more time. If you're trying to get into the stock market, you want to invest or whatever, get a consultation with them, and they're gonna get you right. I promise you. So I just want to. Yeah, just, come on, come <laughs> on over and rock with Market Views Consulting. Come on over. We'll help you guys out. <laughs> come on over to Death Row. No, I'm. <laughs> but but uh, something you said earlier, I want to ask you about, and uh, me and you, okay. we had a conversation about this before is angel investing. So a lot of people might not yep. be familiar with that term and might not know what angel investing is. So do you mind talking about that? Okay. Angel investing is only is only specifically for accredited investors. And accredited investors are typically um, individuals who make at least two hundred thousand um or something and something else, some other criteria. I just know the main one is you have to make two hundred thousand uh for two years consecutively to be a, to be a staff I mean to be a credit investor to be considered as a credit investor mm-hmm. under certain guidelines. Okay. So that's exactly what an angel investor is and exactly what an angel investor do is they invest in startups for equity percentage in the company. So they typically uh get shares of the company before before they actually are before they get to um get to get to public get to IPO stage very much early like two founders in early mm. and that's yeah that type of startup that's that's what that's where you get the stories when people making hundreds of millions billions of dollars cuz <laughs> they in way they in before even IPO Yep, absolutely. You could, if you stay in the angel investment long enough, uh, you can invest fifteen fifteen thousand and make and and possibly make an eight to nine figure just off of that position that you have. It's crazy. Within seven to eight years. That should that should that's, 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 that, and that should be. I know that's my goal to uh, be an angel investor because that's what a, that's what. A, that's what real bread at that, that that not even just the seven figure money. That's that eight nine figure bread angel investment. Yep. So yeah, that's, that's yep. And some people just hold. And some people will hold their company. I mean, will hold their uh their percentage and hold their uh position until the until the company actually IPO. Right. Yeah. That's right. And you and we that's crazy. And and we mentioned the term IPO a lot, and we've been talking about stocks. So for people that's that's not too familiar with stock market and they hearing this term IPO and shit. Do you mind explaining what an IPO is? Uh, it's initial public offering. So basically when a company goes public. It's that simple, really. No, it is. It really is that simple. It's just the, oh. the initial, that's what it is. Initial public offering, that's what it is. And do it, and this is uh, I always hear people talk about stuff like this when they talk about initial public offering when the stocks first put go on the market. Do you think? And it, you probably gonna say it, it determines. It, it depends. I mean, but do you think 
it's a good idea to invest into a company when it IPOs initially? Because some people, you get mixed reviews on this. Some people be like, nah, wait, wait a couple weeks, wait a month or something. But then some people like, nah, I fuck with investing immediately. What you think? Oh, damn. That's, <laughs> that's like, that's like, uh, I don't, I don't, if I, if I like the company enough, I'm just going to invest, bro. Okay. Like, I'm just going to invest immediately. Like, I'm not waiting. Well, what's the point? What's the point of really honestly waiting? Mm, yeah. I mean, like, do I, do I, when, when, the, when the company does IPO, I mean, it can have a, a, like a, like a extreme gain that day, or it can have an extreme decrease that day. It just it varies it varies with IPOs, but I'll still I'll still buy it. Mm, yeah. It's very rare that a company one goes bankrupt. True. So, so I'm buying I'm buying an IPO. Yeah, I'm buying an IPO. I agree. I I feel the same way because I I didn't. Well, I think it was in Spotify. I bought I bought Spotify IPO. I think it was Spotify. I can't even remember. But yeah, I'll, if I if I believe in it, I'll do it. But I know a lot of people say don't do it because they be like the IPO price is typically inflated, so they say that's not the real. Yeah, price. yeah, of course yeah. you have to, you damn near have to inflate the IPO price to make it to. I mean, the company has to damn near inflate the IPO price in order to get their money, in order to get the money back to the investors that originally invest. Hmm. Those are those eight to nine figure investments those that was made by the by the original investors. Mm, yeah, that's that's heavy right there. And I want to make a segue into uh into what what was, what was oh yeah <laughs> I'm tripping into mobile home investing because I talk to you often and you talk about how you doing certain shit with mobile homes and this and that and I feel like it's still a um a low key slept on investment vehicle. So what do you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so did, did you mind just talking about it for a second? This mobile home investing. Okay, um, like like Zig like said, uh, shit, it's underrated. It's a very it's a very niche as market. Like, there's probably five to ten people, if that, in your market that's that's doing mobile home investing, and the returns are significantly quicker. The uh, the transaction is quicker. Uh, and what I like about it mainly is because how I like my investments right now. It's low entry points, mm. so I mean, that mean that's meaning uh, anything that's lower than ten k is is honestly is a low entry point to to enter an investment and receive a, and receive a good amount. Yeah, so that's how I like my investments right now is a low entry point. So you can you can own a mobile home for under five thousand. Yeah, more than likely here in Michigan because that's where I'm at. I'm in Michigan, so. You could own a home for uh, for let's just say three thousand and fix it up for two more thousand um, and resell it for potentially nine and ten thousand. And you don't you don't even necessarily have to resell it. You can you can make the the potential owner or whoever or whoever wants to buy it the end buyer whoever wants to buy it up. You can make them put down fifty fifty I mean thirty to fifty percent uh, of ten of ten thousand. And you initially get back your twenty five to three grand. Mm-hmm. So you initially getting back the money that you spent on the actual house before it was fixed up. And then you could uh negotiate the 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 payments over over years. 
So that's why I like mainly why I mainly like uh, mobile home investing because it's, it's such a low entry point. Mm. Like it doesn't take a lot of capital to right. invest like a single family. And it's not that there's not too many fucking headaches. Like you don't have to consistently get something, get something fixed. Yeah, you know, like a, like a home. Yep. A home is going to be depending on the condition. It could be a lot of fucking headaches. Yeah, depending on the condition, depending on the tenant and all that type of stuff. And usually tenants from um some uh, from um single family or from resident residents, uh they might not they might not stay there long. Depend it just depends. But for mobile home they they stay there for a significant amount of time, especially if it's a certain type of park. Like say if it's a it's a fel- if it's a felony approval park or something like that, something to that nature. It's hard as hell for something to get a residential or single family home, those type of stuff. So they damn near have to have to uh, if they're going to live on their own, <clears throat> have to get in the mobile home. Yeah, they have to get in the mobile home in the mobile park. And it's like the 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 lot rent there is is under five hundred dollars. Mm. So yeah. that's that's fair. That's fairly cheap. Yeah, it is. And what is, what about the 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 idea of mobile home investing being a recession proof? Like, I remember who I was was it? By, I think it was Byron. I think I was talking to from mobile home lead investors. That he was saying, I, I don't want to say it was him if it wasn't, but I think it was. But we were just talking about how, um, like, it's pretty. I don't want to say it's guaranteed recession proof, but it, I mean, as we know, when recessions happen, people need to live places that's affordable. And the mm-hmm. most important yeah, affordable living conditions is shit like mobile homes. So you really must ain't never gotta worry about like is any is is people gonna live here or people gonna live on this lot type of shit. Yep, yep. And I and I like did my research and like on the average of the of a mobile home tenant or a mobile home owner staying here, it's like I think the average year is like nine to seven years. So so yeah. That's, really That's crazy. Like, I'm starting to believe, like, because <laughs> uh, well, we haven't talked about on the podcast about how we got the mobile home on the contract for 1800 You want to talk about it, Deanne? Because you did all the legwork. <laughs> no, I didn't say no, you go ahead. You go ahead. Talk about it. Go ahead. No, uh, yeah, so we we in the process of getting <laughs> our first mobile home deal closed as we speak. It was a deal. Um, I found it fairly quick. Found it in within a day. Um, called the owner well actually called the owner had somebody go look at the mobile home check it out for me and um we placed the offer on it that night which she accepted so right now we're just in the process again and approved with the park and um going through the closing process for her to actually transfer the mobile home over to us but it was one of those deals like Xavier said we got it for 1800 we expecting a couple thousand in repairs, and then we'll we're gonna put it on the market for at least about twenty five to maybe thirty, depending on how pretty we make it look in the inside. That's I'm trying to buy it. That's crazy because, like you said, homes. Like, like I said, I'm trying to. I'm starting to think I'm gonna start fucking with mobile homes more than I fucking real estate because it's. It's less, I don't want to say it's less of a headache, but it kind of is less of a headache. It's it, a quick, is, it is less of a headache. <laughs> you know it's, say, yeah, it's, it's a way <laughs> quicker process. You know what I'm saying? It, it, sometimes, depending on who you're working with, we're buying an actual home, the shit could take a months to close. 
the mo homes is really not like that. And the money is the I want the money I wanna say is more, but it's uh pretty faster. Yeah. Depending yeah, on it's pretty it's pretty faster. It it is it is more if you got that if you got that um that inventory. It's more when you got that inventory. But if you just doing it's still more just compare just comparing it to single families and stuff like that, it is still more, but we got that inventory you significant you will see a significant difference in your portfolio, certainly. And congratulations on that mobile home too. Thank you. Yeah, thanks to Lucy D. That's that's all that's all that's all Deanna right there. She uh I it, I don't remember I don't wanna say what day it was because I don't remember. But I remember she just came to me one day, she was like, I'm gonna get us a mobile home. Literally two days later, we was under contract for a mobile home. I was like, All right, damn. No, shout out to uh Rashana Scott because I'm in her um female real estate investing group and one of the ladies on there said how she was in the process of trying to get a mobile home and that's what sparked it for me. I was like, you know what? I'm about to give you one this week. And, yeah. and we yeah, yeah, man, we that fast. And I don't wanna when I, when we talk about mobile homes, I don't want people to be like, oh, that's that's thinking about getting their real estate. It'd be like, nah, fuck the real estate. I'm just fucking with mobile homes. Cause us, as y'all know, we fuck with both. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, as many investment vehicles as I can get, I'm fucking with it. But like Justin said, it's a low entry point. So if you if you don't got a lot of capital and you've been searching and searching like for a property, but it's nothing that you find meets like your financial status, mobile home might be a better option for you. Much much lower entry point, like Justin said. Mm-hmm. Yep, and if you're going to mess with mobile homes for low entry points, make sure you have contractors. Make sure you vet those contractors. Make sure those contractors have um, mobile home experience. And it's very fucking hard to find a mobile home. I mean, a contractor that has mobile home experience in certain areas. Because mm-hmm. one. Cause one one contractor I found could be in Lansing, but he ain't gonna drive all the way to Grand Rapids, three hours away to to fix on the mobile home. He's only gonna do a certain amount of area. So I, I highly suggest that y'all find contractors with at least some type of mobile home experience mm-hmm. with those low interest point mobile home investors. And one thing I want to um point out is that you know a lot of people here mobile homes and living in the parks and all they automatically get like this bad idea of it but it's not like that it's some really nice parks out there that are like nice communities pretty fixed up and it's opportunity everywhere and at the end of the day like you're not living there so (laughs) you an investor you need to see it through an investor's eyes and see the opportunity and potential in mobile homes. Oh, you might want to live there. Who knows? You might want to live yeah. there. And another part, another part, another part about uh, scare money don't make money. Right. right. No, facts, facts. And the aspect, of, the aspect of it that I think not talked about much. And like I said, I mean, this is another thing, man. You talk about is we know people wholesale actual properties, homes, but mobile homes you can wholesale them as well too. And do, do you mind talking about that, bro? No, I don't mind talking about that. Yeah, you can um wholesale uh <clears throat> you can wholesale mobile homes. Um you can get them on the contract the same way that you do single family homes. There there are certain contracts that you could you could more than likely use a real estate uh contract. Some people don't use contracts of that nature, but there's contracts out there that you guys can use. Um but you could the same way that you wholesale the single family is the same way that you wholesale the um, a mobile home so you could potentially find somebody that's interested and their price ranges 
let's just say 15k uh <clears throat> and they're looking for a 1992 three bedrooms two baths so if you go and find the 1992 three beds two baths for seven thousand you know that you could market it back to that person that's interested and that has 15k you know what to what to make your potential assignment fee is right. and you can you can make you pretty much got that gap in that range of of what you want to make on that so it's exactly the same it's exactly the same way honestly <clears throat> as single family homes mm, okay. or duplexes multi-families whatever the case yeah, I, I definitely wanted to. I want to talk about that just so people can think about it. Because, like I said, I think that's a that's a part that people probably don't really think about when it comes to mobile homes. They so cheap, you might people might be thinking, you know, you don't wholesale them or something. But like you just said, you can. And, and, uh, no, you can you can you can, you can certainly wholesale them, and you can work on behalf. You can potentially work on behalf of these owners because because owners are particularly see this is the thing that that people that people don't know about mm-hmm. you could potentially work with owners and uh, owners are looking to fill their lots that have oh. empty lots so you could potentially find a home that can be moved uh, and market that home back to that back to that park owner and fill that and fill that potential lot mm-hmm. you could you could work that way as well too oh, let's see and you you still you still got those those deals Yep, I still have, I still yeah. got um, a lot of uh, park owners that I that I've talked to. If you know the information off top, you can market it right <laughs> now. Somebody listening might be looking for one. If you know the information off yep. top, yep, yep, absolutely, yep. You can market it right off top. Yep. No, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. I'm saying oh. I'm saying if you know the information for those lots, the the, uh, the ones you sent me an email about, if you know about the information. You could talk about it on here just in case if somebody listening that might be looking for a lot. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I got to, the the um, the one park. I'm still try, I'm still it's still under contract. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know it's at least fifteen. It's fifteen homes, and that's generating about twenty eight twenty eight thousand yearly annually. Uh, I know that one is that one is for sale. I think the sale on that is two two hundred and thirty thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have that one. And a couple of majority of owners here are looking for anything nineties or newer. Um uh vinyl siding, uh, shingle roof, um, and that could preferably be be moved. So that's exactly what the owners are here are looking for. And you just spoke on the years real quick, and that's another uh, part that I think we need to speak on. When looking for mobile home, what are the years you think people should be looking for, or how far should they go back when they buy one? Uh, it it depends on what you're doing with the mobile home because you're not the owner. So, right, right. So I'll say um, I'll say any I'll say any anyone. But what's more appealing, what's more appealing is nine is the nineties or newer models, honestly. But you can invest from any from any type of range, honestly, because I've because I've invested in seventy threes and, and stuff, nineteen seventy three homes and mobile homes and stuff like that. So, mm, okay, okay. It just it just varies on what you on what you want to do with it. Makes sense. No, I, I, yeah, I, if you're going to move it, if you're going to move it, nineties or newer. 
But if it stayed in the park and the park is cool and, and a lot, there's another issue. Park, parks here in Michigan or some parks that, that the listeners might run into, um, some of the owners or the people, they might not allow you to sublease. Hmm. Uh, so that's another, that's another, that's another hiccup in, in, in your arch potentially. And can you uh, explain what sublease is for people who may not know the term? Um, it does, the, the park doesn't break it down in layman's terms. It doesn't allow you to buy the house and then rent the house out no. in order for you to buy the house at, the, at certain parks here. You have to live there. You cannot rent it out to a potential tenant or your cousin, your baby mama, none of that type of shit. <laughs> you have to, some of the parks here only want you to live in there, and that's because they're they're making so they're making so much money off of off of just refinancing their home and all that type of stuff. So that it makes sense for them to only do it that way. Okay. Oh, I was going to just say, like, I know we really ain't really dive too deeply into this, but we keep mentioning, like, parks, and we all know, like, of course, the home has to be in a park or a lot, but can you kind of explain, like, um, like what the relationship is between, like, you and a park owner as a mobile home investor? Um, it's just an established, it's just an established, established, established relationship knowing knowing that you're doing um basically the park management the park management job basically that you're doing their job basically so that's what essentially what you're doing without them without the but you're invested instead so the park manager job is to is to is to sell the homes and to find the buyer right that's essentially what the park does and they keep track of the payments and all that stuff and all that type of stuff. So you're doing the same job, but only you're invest investing. So you have to have you have to establish some type of relationship with the with the owner and let them know that you're an investor. This is what you're looking to do. Um, and some parks don't like I said. Some parks don't do care, and some parks don't. Some are investor friendly. Some are not. Just as long as you're a tenant, just as long as the person that you're placing the home is paying a lot rent. Mm-hmm. So you have to establish establish that have all of that ready, have all of that uh, because usually um, in parks you have to have an application. So it's an application just like when you're renting an apartment. So they do background checks and credit checks. So you have to pass both in order to to pass the parks application and to get in the park. Mm-hmm. So make sure when you're vetting your your potential tenants. For whom, whomever you're placing in front of, I mean, in the home, uh, make sure that they pass a background, that they can pass a background check, and that they can pass a credit check. That's, that's, yep. that's super important too, <laughs> for real. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then you you already bringing you already bringing them their their customer pack, package signed, sealed, and delivered. Mm. See, that's uh, that's a that's a major shit for people to know. See, that because this that comes down to avoiding certain headaches. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's headaches is part of the game for real. It's gonna be shit that you go the ups and downs, but if you can avoid them, why not avoid them? And a, yep. a common, uh, pretty much a common theme throughout this whole time we've been talking is pretty much in, investing and just talking talking about investing when it comes to oil boys, stocks, mobile homes, or property. But when it comes to property investing, like I talk to people all the time, and they like, man, I wanna I wanna invest in real estate. 
but where I live, like, or they might say, where I live too costly, and I ain't about to invest out of state. I don't know nobody. Like, what I'm gonna do? Like, who gonna how I'm gonna get the money? Who gonna take care of the property? And that's where <laughs> property <laughs> management comes involved. Someone like you, property management. I just want to say, property management is one of the most important things because it's a it's a it's like I said, it's not a headache that you can avoid. And you need if you're not there, if you out of state or somewhere, you if somebody else can handle it, somebody that you trust can handle it. It's just gonna make the the process so much smoother. So you just mind talking about uh, you in Detroit. So do you mind just talking about uh, above ground property management? No, I don't mind. Uh, I see why y'all top forty now because because you, you, I see your segue. I see your segue. <laughs> 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 but uh, but with above ground property management, I offer my services to newcomers. Um, the first three months free. Um, and the reason why I do that is just to get on board and just get, get familiar with them. And if they don't like my services, you can drop. It's as simple as, it's as simple as that. But if you want to move forward, we'll, we'll sign the contract and my typical fee is anywhere. It, it depends, but usually it's, it's my typical fee is this 10% of, of, of grant. And, uh, and I take care of, uh, rent, uh, clients, um, I hire contractors, place contractors, I guess the fix, um, all variables that have to deal with property management. That's what above ground property management does. And I'm changing that name, by the way, I'm changing above ground property management to above ground property services, just for the listeners. Okay. And that's the, that's the ad, that's the ad to expound on that. I'm adding different services as well i'm adding i'm adding uh a property preservation service as well with but within six months then i'm adding another service to that, that i'll announce uh like two to three months after that and this i just want like i said i just want to make sure people understand how important this aspect of the investing is like i don't think we ever touched on on a podcast like uh Property like property managers, they either gonna be good or bad. They're gonna help you or they're gonna be a motherfucking headache. Like before <laughs> Justin was our property manager for one of our properties, we had another property manager that was uh somebody referred it to us and these people was fucking shitty. They was trying to steal from us, they was trying to they was literally trying to steal fifteen hundred dollars from us and they was just on bullshit. They weren't taking care of what they were supposed to be taking care of. And they just thought since we they knew we was out of state, like we in California, they in Detroit, they just knew like, okay, they all the way in California pretty much what they gonna do. So we had to handle we just had to handle the situation and we hired Justin and everything been fucking great since <laughs> great since then. So so anybody that's listening to this that's looking to invest in Detroit, buy property in Detroit, and you like, I don't know how I'm gonna do it, I don't know nobody in Detroit, I don't know like Justin is the person to go to. Well, his company mm-hmm. for for property management, he's the person to go to. If you're looking to invest in Detroit, I promise you, just do it as soon as you do it so you can avoid the headache and avoid all the bullshit that come with other BS property managers. Because a lot of these companies, they will try to finesse you, especially knowing mm-hmm. you're a new investor you invest and you from outside of the city. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I'm in, I'm in, I'm investor friendly with uh, above ground property management. So I like to, as you guys know, I like to get shit get shit done from right. conversations with me and D. I like to get shit <laughs> done. Like when there's an issue, 
like I get that shit done within that week or within the same within as within at least two to three business days. That's how that's just how I operate because I treat it as as if it's my property. Mm-hmm. I treat every client like it's my property. Like what I would want from the aspect of okay, uh, this tenant is complaining about this. Okay, let me knock this let me knock this out the way so I don't have to worry about this. And they can't they can't complain about my services to anybody. I don't mm-hmm. no no and that's and and I strongly I strongly when there is rent payment. I don't like I don't like it to be mixed up. So when there's rent, when I collect rent, I make sure D and Xavier gets paid way before I do. I don't even like getting that confused yeah. whatsoever. I don't even like that misinterpreted or get that mishandled. So that's the way that I operate my business. I always will pay will pay my client first, and they'll pay me out of that, and they'll pay me out of that total. That's just the way that I operate business. I don't like holding on to people's money and, and doing that type of stuff. And, and I'm that, could cause, that could cause issues. In fact, yeah. and I'm in the, uh, to, to, to sing your praises pretty much. Be honest <laughs> here in this, I'm t- this, he, this man is telling the 100% truth. As far as private manager, he A1. So mm-hmm. one more, I'm going to say one more time. If you buying in Detroit or looking to buy in Detroit, you need a property manager, hit up Justin so he can take care of you and get you right. Don't be one of those people that's think that's gonna be thinking, oh, I ain't gonna hire no property manager. I'm gonna handle it myself. And you in fucking Tennessee or you in California, you in Florida, because it's gonna be a whole bunch of headaches. So just just hire the property manager, pay them that ten percent or whatever it is, and so you could be cool. Mm-hmm. So you can worry about what you need to be worrying about. Yeah, you gonna fuck around and get your water heater stole out here. <laughs> <laughs> No, thanks. <laughs> you on for real? <laughs> you on for real? Give me get your shit broken into, shit stolen, and then you gonna be. You don't want to hire a property manager when you forced to hire one. You want to hire one beforehand where everything is cool, everything is good. Because when you forced to do it, that's when it's probably too fucking late. You done lost some money. You done lost some shit. Mm-hmm. So just do it. Just starting off as soon as you get it. Just hire a property manager. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah and again, my services is called uh, above ground property management right now. So. You can uh, email me above ground property management at gmail.com. Yep. And two tips I wanted to give our listeners as far as property management. Um, one, get your property managers in place before you close on your real estate deal. At least have an idea who you're going to be working with and letting them know what's going on. So as soon as you close on that deal, you get to everything gets moving. If you got to get a tenant in there or if you need stuff that needs to be done, is no. Um, breaks in between that process and it can take a minute to find a quality property manager trust me like i've been through it It takes a minute sometimes so get that in place before you close your deal and secondly always always check your records records. no even if you're paying them to do this for you like at the end of the day is your money and it's your responsibility to make sure everything is a one so check your records make sure all the numbers add up correctly um and just you know be be um be vigilant. Just double check everything you got people doing for you, and just be a smart investor. Yeah. And the 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 uh, last thing I want to talk about because you doing all this stuff, you doing, and you not you not even thirty yet, right? No, I'm thirty. I'm thirty. You're thirty. Well, you thirty. You, yeah. Yeah. Right, right. You th- you, you, doing, you, doing, you doing all this? You only thirty, bro. And being from Detroit. And yeah, I'm from Chicago. I go to I go to Detroit often. I know what it, what's going on out there. Like, just talk about how someone like you, like, is 
doing all these things, into all these things, when the typical, probably your peers, it's probably the complete opposite. Because I know it was like that for me, where a lot of people that I came with, it's like the opposite. And you might be thinking, how's somebody from where you where you from doing doing this shit? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It's totally, it's totally the opposite. But but I I I'm doing all this for for potential generational wealth and to to build my companies enough to uh point the CEO and run my company, preferably a black woman. Uh, <laughs> that's just what I that's just what I want, black woman to run my company. Um, and I just sit back and pretty much chill. Uh, um, but I got my aspirations from, from mainly in my moms and my pops. So, so my moms uh, currently has a, a company, Select Care Case Management, where she does case ma- she do case manager work with uh, auto accident clients. And my pops worked for General Dynamic for shit, probably like forty some years, bro. Honestly. Yeah. Probably, probably more than that. So, so my, so my, so my pops was 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 the nine to five was the nine to five type of guy, <clears throat> and my mom was the entrepreneurial was the entrepreneurial woman. Mm-hmm. So that's where I pretty much got my aspirations from. And like I said, working with my brother, working with my big brother, uh, he had a transportation company at the moment. Um, that's where I learned how to operate, how to talk. How to talk on the phone to case managers? How to how to deal with employees? How to how to pay people? Um, the finances, all that type of stuff. And I wasn't even noticing that's what I was learning. But essentially, mm-hmm. that's what I was learning, and that's what I was doing. And I took those aspirations and I took those models and everything that I learned from my parents to my brothers, um, and I implement that within my own type of businesses. This is how I want my company uh, structured, uh, back channel, and this is how I want it finance. So before you guys, before you guys asked me to be the property management, for example, I back channeled everything. I made sure a soft, I made sure the software was in place that I needed in order for me to to have that on automate. So I really don't have to do too much work. Honestly, other than to reach out to people and keep track of, just keep track of stuff weekly, on a weekly basis. Yeah. So that's pretty much where I got all my aspirations from, man. Wise, but it's 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 not that hard here, man. Like it is, but it ain't. It's just it's just you gotta you gotta just be low key, man. You can't be like you can be popular, but <laughs> that is just, that's just not me. It's just not a good. I wouldn't like I would nah. That is just not that's just not yeah, me. I don't like being in a lot yeah, I don't like being in the limelight. I don't like being around a bunch of bunch of motherfuckers. I just <laughs> I just rather I just rather chill, be on my be on my lonesome, be with my family or right. or something like that. Be a little chick. Hey y'all. <laughs> oh shit, yeah. Go plug yourself. Go plug yourself. It's not that bad in the city. Honestly, I was born in I was born in Detroit and raised raised in Southfield, Michigan. That's basically the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Air quotes. The suburbs to uh to Detroit. So yeah. That's pretty much my background. Strong strong family. Yeah. 
like I said, my mom entrepreneur, my dad was was nine to five type of guy, handled his business, always structured structured the family right. So that's where I got my my aspirations for outside of business, just personally, emotionally, of what I want to be as a as a black man and as a black father for my father, honestly. That's cold right there, boy. That, that, that's, 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 man. I, I, no, nah, but for some real, I love hearing shit like that, especially, uh, just, I like, I like when people are like second generation, uh, or third, whatever, but I, I, I like when people already have a, a blueprint as far as family structure come. Cause it, 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 it's like, it gives you, like I just say, it gives you a blueprint. It gives you an idea on, because a lot of times if you first, it could be a lot of confusion on how to handle stuff because you've never seen it before. But when you come up, yep. like even if your parents are not rich or wealthy or nothing, if you just seen the blueprint or the family structure and how things work and how to handle situations, it always, you know what I'm saying, it, it not only does it give you that balance, but it lets you know how to handle things yourself. So I love when people come from shit like that. Even if you don't come from it, I mean, that's fine, but try to make that for yourself, for your next generation, because it's a lot of benefits yep. that comes with raising a family together, raising a family as, as, as a unit. It's a lot of benefits that come with that shit. Like I tweeted the other day, I I grew up on the block, but all but the whole block was full of, every every house on the block was a two-parent household, and outside of our block, it was a completely opposite, and I always like noticed and paid attention and talked to my friends about that, that, that didn't come up in that the effects it had on them, I always noticed it. And they would even talk about themselves. And it was just like, damn, like, it's real. Just for the people, some people might be so used to that, like, raising it or seeing people raise a child on their own, stuff like that. They just think that's the norm, and it's like, that's just how it's supposed to be. But it's not really supposed to be that way. If you're supposed to raise a kid on your own, you would be able to make one on your own. You know what I'm saying? It's a reason you can't make one make one on your own, because you're supposed to be it's supposed to be a teamwork thing. I just wanted to touch on that shit real quick. <laughs> I don't want to get too off, but I just want to touch on that because that's 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 extremely important, especially for our gener- generation to understand that like it's gonna be much more beneficial, not only for you but for the kid when they got that balance and that and 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 both parents at home. Even if y'all, y'all I ain't saying stay together if the shit bad, you know what I mean. But mm-hmm. you can still co-parent even if y'all not together. Just just make sure. Y'all raising it together. I just want, I always want to touch on that because that shit is super important in my opinion. Yeah, and inspire your kids because like like Vic said from from generations it was it was from me. You know, my grandparents from my grandparents to my to my mother and father. Now it's down to me and my brothers. My grandparents, my granddad um, owned like three homes, um, a party store, a maintenance company. My other grandfather worked the nine to five and. And my other grandparents worked at nine to five, but you know that trickled down especially to my mother because my mother is doing her entrepreneur stuff, like I said. So that trickled down to me and my brothers. One is currently doing physical therapy as a physical, he has a physical therapy here, uh, and the other and the other one is currently in the, in the XFL. So hmm. and I'm doing my own thing too. I have my own different businesses as well. So that has a trickle down effect onto my whole fam, onto onto the whole family. Facts, man, that's mm-hmm. that's cold. Your family doing all that, Cause that, and that's another aspect of it that's not talked about a lot. Is when you come up with stuff like that, it gives you an expectation. And not only not only you're not gonna be a fuck up, but you gonna need to excel. 
because we got a yep. we have a family standard. So that's why it's really so important because it's hard to, to it's hard to be an ancient person and do ancient things when you come from a family a good family. Even if like I say, even if it's not like a wealthy family, but if it's just a good family where it's a standard of doing good shit and being on your shit, well, that's just a standard. It's hard to be an ancient person when you come from that. So that's why it's so important. So you could, you build those things. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, man. I, I just want to touch on that. Really. That's that's super dope, man. Like, what you come from, that family dynamic, that's dope. And that's, that's extremely weird. Like, my parents, they still married, too. They've been married, like, 30 years. And when I see people come from stuff like that, I know how rare it is because I used to, like like most of my friends they ain't come from that so I, they used to be looking yeah, at yeah absolutely yeah, yeah you yeah. know they look at you like yeah. what like <laughs> your parents what like dang this crazy they still married type shit like I talk to some of my friends and stuff and they'll be asking like yeah how your parents like they still together type shit <laughs> like yeah they, they <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think that shit going I don't think they gonna be together till death I believe so but that's 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 cold bro. Yeah, anything you have anything else? Yeah, but before 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 uh we wrap up, I just wanna say you are you already know how much I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate you coming on, chopping it up with us. This was a super, super, super dope episode for real, man. I, I feel like the people gonna love to hear this episode. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a lot of uh it was a lot of game in it. And but before we let you go, do you mind plugging in all your stuff where people can find you, follow you, get a consultation for uh market views, where they want property management, all that stuff, just plug in everything. Okay. Um, well, my IG is Bees LLC. My Twitter um, is Bees underscore LLC. Um, you can reach me if you're if you need in, if you're in need in property management. Uh, once again, it's above ground property management at gmail dot com. Feel free to reach out. Um, also, come over to marketviewsconsulting dot com. That's with me and Josh. Shout out to Josh once again. Um, and select you a package and get started get started learning the stock market we'll teach you we'll help you in any type of way and uh shout out to him just shout out to my family my my big brother once again he has a he has a physical therapy um here in michigan it's called advanced rehab therapy um uh, shout out to my little brother he's in a he's traveling in la Hope you land safe, bro. Um, he's in the XFL currently. Um, and yeah. And hey, <laughs> <laughs> like, like We can't find Justin a, a wife. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no that's, 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 uh, that's, that's a perfect way to wrap. Like he said, man, if you're looking, like, like I said before, if you're looking to get into stock investing, Go talk to him. If you need a property manager, go talk to Justin. So, yeah, that's a perfect way to end it, man. And uh, before we wrap up, for those who don't know, find me on Twitter, Instagram at Xavier C. Miller. And D, what's your info? And you can find me on Twitter at Deanna S. Kent, Instagram Deanna Kent. Make sure you follow the um, the podcast, Instagram and Twitter accounts at M M. M mindsets pod <laughs> and follow um Park Hill Capital. Keep up with all our latest news and updates. Yep, and that's all we got for y'all. Appreciate y'all listening to another episode. See y'all next episode. Peace. Hey Pete, tell me up something. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier, y'all gonna talk about it. No, Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouches. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. I study millionaires cause I was born a visionary. You still believe in limitations? Are you niggas scared? You can't distract me from the paper. I've been chasing greatness. I'm stacking now and balling later. In the conversation, we strategizing, monetizing, piling up investments. And sacrificing temporary shit for bigger blessings. Yeah, I tapped in, boss mind state. I multiply my grind rate, that match the way I vibrate. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No, Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouches. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, you need an accountant.